0: Who was the best forward on this team? Who was the MVP? Who has the best team dog? And uh, who's your favorite Blue Jacket? We're playing whose Kepi is it anyway? The Locked On CBJ 2022 awards season is upon us. And that is what was coming up today on Locked On Blue Jackets. Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked on Blue Jackets. We're part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am I'm always your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you all of the stories, the news, the trials, the tribulations, the joys, the agonies of the Columbus Blue Jackets. And there's not really any of those right now because they're not playing, their season's just finished, and so I thought we would do uh, some superlatives, I guess. We'll do uh, who was... The best player who was uh who has the best hair uh and kind of a little bit of everything in between so that is kind of what's coming up today on locked on blue jackets is we're gonna do an award season so i sent out a form to twitter earlier today with a bunch of options for um different award categories and so i thought i would uh share the results with you sometimes there have been uh draws or in some cases there have been uh you know three or four guys could potentially have won this one spot but i will uh i get the the deciding vote in there because it's my show and it's my poll and i do what i want so uh like i said that is that's the plan for today i'm super excited uh i think you know this is going to be a really good starting point to kind of look at the season as a whole. And we're going to use this as a jumping off point to kind of do some uh, more in-depth player evaluations as the, as the off season progresses. Uh, Hopefully we're going to finish up the week with a couple of draft profiles with some draft experts. But uh, right now I thought let's, let's take a look at the team we have right now and see who, uh, who wins what award So I thought we would start off with uh, some pretty simple ones. Uh, We're going to do best forward, best defenseman, and best goalie. Uh, It will shock all of you to know that there is only, (laughs) of all of the responses, every single person voted unanimously for best goalie. But uh, we're going to start off with best forward. So I've got a couple of different uh, responses here, a couple of uh, more surprising ones, I guess. Uh, So... I'm going to go ahead and talk a little bit about the honourable mentions before talking about the eventual winner. Um, So a couple of people said Boone Jenner, which was not a name I was expecting, but I I could see it. Uh, Obviously, Boone Jenner missed the last month and a half-ish of the season with the back injury. He only played 59 games, but in those 59 games, he had 23 goals, 21 assists, and 44 points. Uh, He was on pace to beat his career high in... uh, basically everything. Um, His previous career high was 49 points, which he managed in 82 games. That was his 30 goal season. Um, That was the only other season that he made above 18 goals. Uh, And if he'd managed to stay healthy, I like to think he probably would have reached that 30 goal mark and just gone right past it. So, you know, hitting Five points shy of your career high in 30 games less, I think is, or 20, 23 games less, excuse me. I think is yeah, is gener is definitely uh deserving of an honorable mention. Uh the other honorable mention, uh Alfred Bjorkstrand, who finished the team uh finished the season leading the team in goals. He had 28 of them in 80 games played, uh, 57 points, just a real Although Bocsran keeps going from strength to strength, if we look at his last four seasons, um, the last time he played a full season was in 2017-2018. He winning assists. The season after that, 2018, he played 77 games, had 36 points. That was the season where everyone was injured, I'm pretty sure. Uh, That was the season where he broke his ankle, actually, I think. 36 points, again, in only 49 games. He had 44 points last season in 56 games, and then with 80 games even to this season. 28 goals, 29 assists, 57 points, a career high, and he's not done yet. I think Oliver Bjorkstrand hope could definitely, definitely hit another level. Um, but the winner, the winner for today, uh, or for this award, anyway, the best, the best forward, uh, this probably... I could have gone either way. Uh, the votes were pretty split between Bjorkstrand and uh, who I'm calling the winner. But I think he just, just pipped it. Uh, and he's who my vote is going to. Uh, and that's Patrick Liney, who got a lot of flack last season for not being very good. Got a lot of flack this season for being a bust. And then you look at his points and, you know, this is something we've talked about a lot on this show. He was a point per game player when he went down with that injury near the end of the season. Uh, he played 56 games, had 56 points, 26 goals. So again, he was on pace for, you know, 30, 35 goals. If he hadn't missed, you know, the, the... I think he played for like a month of the season, then missed the next two and then came back and that was when he really kind of, you know, turned it on. Um, not quite career high. Uh, his career high is 70 points, which he did in his sophomore season with Winnipeg. Uh, but again, in 82 games, 70 points, he was on pace to uh, eclipse that by a fair, fair amount. Um, probably wouldn't have beaten his goals total, but Patrick Lionel was just, I don't know, he he was a game changer for the Blue Jackets this season. And I think that's, you know, Oliver Bjorkstrand had career highs, Boo Jenner, phenomenal player, um, you know, had a really great season. Patrick Laine was just on a different level for most of this season. Uh, and it is such, such a shame that he got injured right at the end there when, you know, he was really only starting to get going, I think. Like, he was really at that point where I was like, he's still got another level in him, and then he got injured, and then he missed the the last, I don't know, two or three weeks of the season. And I don't think that Patrick Laine, being healthy all season, would have gotten the Blue Jackets to the playoffs, but I think he would have probably been the difference maker in... handful more games um and I think he could have made the playoff race a little bit more interesting and so he is he is who I am giving uh the best forward of the year to uh next up we're gonna go best defender and that is what will come next but first I've got to tell you about a new sponsor and that is athletic greens I've been using athletic greens for a couple of months now um, I started taking them because I've been having some health issues, some energy issues, some sleep issues. Uh, I really hate taking like pills and vitamins. And uh, I've been taking it for about two months now. And it's been a, just a lifesaver. It's been a complete game changer for my general general day-to-day like well-being. Um, if you don't know what Athletic Greens is... It is 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus and aging. It is is good for all of the things. All of the things that you might be worried about in terms of your diet, then Athletic Greens can fix it for you. And... It is lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat uh, keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, you can take Athletic Greens. It is uh, just one scoop in a cup of water. You don't have to take like a bajillion different pills and vitamins and like iron pills and all of that stuff. You just you don't have to do that. You can just take Athletic Greens, and it costs you less than three dollars a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than a Starbucks. So. Go to athleticgreens.com right now, and to make it easy for you, Athletic Greens is giving you a chance to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Like I said, it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That is it. There's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So let's talk defenseman, Uh, because there was really only one option for me this season, uh, and that's, that's Zach Ransky. Um... I got a fair amount of, of votes for Andrew Peek. I did not get any votes for Vladislav Gavrikov, which surprised me. I thought he might be kind of a, a stealth second second pick for a lot of people. Uh, but it's got to be Zach Gorensky, who, you know, we talked at the start of the season how he has to figure out who he is away from Seth Jones. And I think he's figured it out. He's had some health issues over the season. Um, obviously, he's had, you know, two concussions in the last month or whatever. He broke his nose right at the end of the season. Um he missed some time before that as well. Uh, he only played 68 of the 82 games. Uh, he had 48 points in that, which I believe is still a career high. Uh, it is by, uh, we beat his rookie rookie points record by uh, one point. Uh, and he did everything that the team needed him to do. I think he proved himself as a legitimate number one defenseman in this league. I think he proved that he can be a good defenseman without Seth Jones. You know, you've got to think this is the first time that we've seen a full season of Zach Wierenski without Seth Jones stapled to his hip, you know. There have been times where they were separated in past seasons. One of them was injured or Tortorella was mixing things up and, you know, mixing up the deep herrings. But this was the first full season where he did not have Seth Jones to fall back on. And I think he did a really, really outstanding job in uh, being his own defenseman and figuring out that he can be Zach Wierenski and not just half of Wierenski and Jones. So uh, kudos to him. Uh, honorable mention, of course, to Andrew Peak, who played uh, basically triple the amount of minutes on average that he's used to playing. Uh, kind of jumped into that top four defensive spot without any warning or anything like that. We had a lot of injuries to defense on this uh, Blue Jackets team this season, and I think he rose to the challenge. But to me, there's really only one. There's really only one answer to who is the best defenseman on this team, and it has to be Zach Wierenski. Um, just like I think there's really only one answer to who was the best goaltender this season. Um, and it's it's got to be Elvis. I talked a lot in yesterday's episode about how Elvis was not as good as I think anyone needed him to be or even that he wanted to be himself and we kind of we talked a little bit about that and how the defense was not was just not there for him this season but when you just look at the base stats uh he played 59 games had a 907 save percentage with a 3.22 goals allowed against average and that's i don't know to me that kind of says it all if you're allowing a lot of goals per game, but your save percentage is still above 900. Like that, to me, says the defense is not not very good. And um, I don't necessarily like wins or goals against average as stats to evaluate goalies. Um, but you know they are they are there, they exist. Um, and especially towards the the end of the regular season, obviously, Corpsala got shut down with a hip injury, and Elvis played like I think Elvis played. 14 of the last 16 Blue Jackets games, uh, Brubay played two games in the last kind of little stretch of the season. And apart from that, it was, it was Mosleykins playing, you know, both sides of a back-to-back or he would play, you know, he played seven or eight games in a row without getting a break. And to his credit, I disagreed with, with the, uh, I disagreed with the, the methods that Larson was, was employing, but, Corpozalo, excuse me, was uh roasted the occasion. I thought he did fantastic at the latter half of the season. And I think that's a good solid base for us to kind of look at when we go into next season and start thinking about, okay, well, how do we build on this? Um, you know, as much as I like and I do think he was kind of set up to fail this season. Uh, not necessarily on purpose, I think just... Elvis is capable of kind of making up for some of the defensive lapses. I don't think Korpisalo is. And also, again, this is something we've talked about before. Yonis know, is a goalie that plays better the more he plays. And he just wasn't getting the starts this season. It was kind of a, a vicious cycle of, well, his numbers weren't very good. So he was going to get less starts. But the less starts he gets, the... His numbers get because he's a goalie that plays better. The more games he plays, you know. You looked at that first season when Bobrovsky left, and he was basically the starting goalie because Elvis was struggling. Got named to the All Star season. uh, Got named to the All Star game, excuse me, that season. Went down with a knee injury, uh, literally like the day before this was this was announced, and he was fantastic in that season. And as Elvis has been getting better and better, and Elvis has been commanding more and more starts. Corpozolo's been getting worse and worse, and so I don't think it's unfair to say that Elvis was the better goalie, but I do think that has to come with a caveat of Corpozolo was not put in a position to succeed this season, uh, and that's why I think Elvis Elvis was, was the better goalie this season. Um, we're going to move ahead to uh, who the overall MVP of this team is, and... Uh, we're going to do that in just a minute but first i want to tell you about bet online because if i had put money on who people were going to vote for for the mvp of this team i would not have uh, made very much money because i was pretty surprised by some of the options that uh, that came through in the poll I don't know that you could have got this information about BetOnline.net, but I bet they have something similar. Because BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. You can find the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's run to the Roses as the Kentucky Derby is back. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting, wager information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. They've got boxing, they've got UFC, they've got hockey, they've got Vegas casino games. So head to the website today, that's BetOnline.net, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action, because BetOnline is where the game starts. So let's talk MVPs, because I got a ton of different responses here, and I wasn't necessarily expecting any of them. Um... And it's it's weird, because I think my choice for MVP is not actually one of the three that I just said were best forward, best defender, and best goalie. Um, my pick for MVP is actually Oliver Bjorkstrand, who has been just kind of a force for this team. He hasn't been as flashy as Patrick Lyonnais, and he hasn't been as much of a game-breaker as Patrick Lyonnais. But this is something that I've talked about a lot with uh, Sarah Avapasho over on Lockdown on Kings. Talked about it last week on uh, Monsters Musings with Weinheimer, the uh, the AHL, Cliff Monsters podcast that that we do. Um, what does it mean to be the most valuable player? Is it the best? Is it the best player on the team, or is it the player that is the most valuable to that team? And as much as Patrick line was a game changer with his just straight up stats, his goals, his offensive play, to me. Oliver Bjorkstrand brings not only the points, the goals, he also brings that transition, that elite uh, kind of underlying metric that I don't think Patrick Laine has. I think Patrick Laine is dominant in so many areas. But to me, Laine needs a guy like Bjorkstrand to kind of... as as support, I guess... Um, I got a couple of other uh, answers which I would have kind of, which were kind of interesting, and I thought about. Uh, but no one, no one said um, no one said Gus Nyquist, which I was surprised by. I would have had him as a sneaky pick for MVP because again, I feel like he was a really great supporting character. I think the team would have struggled a lot without him um, in a different way than than you know how the team struggled without Patrick Liney on it. So. Uh, you know, I got... Uh, let's have a look. I got uh, Jack Roslevic. Uh, there was votes for... I'll have around, There was votes for uh, Boone Jenner. There was votes for... Um, Sean Coralli, There was votes for, which I thought was a really interesting option. Um, there was one vote for Cole Sillinger. And I don't know who it was, but I respect that. Um, because I do think... Uh, Cole Sillinger, who uh, we're probably going to talk about next as we move into the, uh, the best newcomer of the season. And... Uh, Jake Voracek as well. I didn't get any votes for Jake Voracek, which uh, surprised me. He also would have been high on my list for, for MVP and for best forward, so uh, it feels appropriate that we're going to talk about him now for best newcomer. Kind of feels weird to call him a newcomer considering this is his second tenure with the team, but he's he's been gone since like 2012. Uh, he's been gone for 10 years. He's back, and he led the team in points uh despite only having like six goals on the season he had a crazy crazy good year um again another one of those players that like Bjorkstrand I think makes the team better around them uh in a way that is not necessarily quantifiable I don't think Uh, I think he had a really good um effect on the rookies It was a very very young team you know we talked a lot we've talked a lot over the season of you know how he's played a lot with Cole Sillinger and with Igor uh, He got some time with Kent Johnson there at the very end. You know, a lot of the new players spent some time on a line with Jake Voracek, and I think that was that's been the key to the young players' success is having a guy like Voracek to be able to lean on. Um, and so, yeah, I can see I can see why people picked him for for newcomer. Uh, the the guy that the guy that ended up getting the majority of the vote was, of course. Cole Sillinger, but I hadn't even considered that Varejao could be could be considered a uh, a newcomer because I think to me it, it kind of feels like he's been here the whole time. You know, I keep forgetting that this is his technically his first season back with the team. Um, it just I don't know. It feels like he's always been here, uh, and I don't know whether that's a me thing or a him thing. But uh, the winner for the winner for best newcomer is Cole Sillinger who had a 16-goal performance. Uh, he had, I believe, 30 points on the season. He had 31 points on the season in 79 games. And for a guy that, you know, it's been talked about a lot, he was not anyone's first pick for guy to make it in the NHL straight out of camp, straight out of, of being drafted. He was one of three first-round picks that made it, Got the 10 games. He was the only one that made it to game 11. Uh, William Eklund went back to Sweden, and Mason McTavish went back to uh, the OHL to, uh, I believe, play for the Peter Burpete. Um Both very, very good players. No one was expecting Kors to stick around, but he did. I still, you know, there's still that extremely funny quote of Brad Larson being like, I keep telling him that I'm trying to get rid of him, and he keeps doing things that won't let me do that. So... You know, considering the youngest player in the league, just you can tell he got better and better and better every game. Um, every prospect guy that I've had on the show to talk about other people, inevitably we get talking about Cole Sillinger and just what a player he's going to be. You can see it. I can't wait for him and Ken Johnson to be on the same line for the next 10 years and just cause all kinds of problems on purpose. Uh, but yeah, for me, he's the Blue Jackets Rookie of the Year. Obviously, they had about seven hundred rookies, but it has to be for me. Cole Sulnter is the Rookie of the Year and also the best newcomer. Um, we've got a bunch more, but I think actually we're going to split this into into two episodes. We'll finish this off tomorrow because uh, I have a feeling that I am going to. Uh, I'm going to spend a lot of time on the next, the next award. So we're going to call it here. That's so all I've got for you today. Uh, like I said, we'll we'll finish this off tomorrow. We'll do a part two. There's some more serious questions coming. There's some more fun questions coming. More fun questions than serious questions. I'm not going to lie. But hopefully we'll find that that sweet spot in between. Uh, and we'll have some fun with the serious. And we'll have some serious with the fun. But um, I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster down here if you don't want me to spell it out, but I will. Uh, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R for those of you who are on audio, not uh, on video. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day, despite the fact that it's 5 p.m. or your first watch of the day. Uh, if you're not watching on YouTube, then please go and hit the subscribe button over there. I super appreciate it. We're on Twitter over at LO underscore bluejackets. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me over at I'll be back bright and early tomorrow with another edition of Who's Kepi Is It Anyway, where we'll finish off these award shows. But until then, make sure you stay locked on.